0: How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. Welcome to The Storytelling Loop with Joseph Ceresy. I'd like to share a story with you today, but uh, this story lives very deep in the ocean. Sometimes when we're looking for that story, we need to be attentive I need to be attentive. And I'm only as good of a fisherman as I am. This story is about a little boy. And this boy was born on a special day. And that's because all days are special, just like the day you were born. And when this boy came into the world, he was. Celebrated and loved by his mother and father and all the people in his community. And now, this story took place a long time ago. And so they were simple people, but they loved each other very much. And they loved that little boy just like they loved all the children that were born into that family. And that group of people living on the earth. Now something happened when that uh, boy was born. His mother died, and it was uh, it was difficult for that little boy because the little boy was only about one years old. This boy could not yet speak. This boy understood the language of love and song and sound coming from his mother and his family and the other children and people in his community. But he as yet did not understand their words. He didn't understand their meaning. And when his mother died... He didn't understand that she had died. It was as if she disappeared from his life. And this little child, not even quite one year old, had no way to express that. No way to express his pain and loss and the questions that arose for him. Except to cry, to wail, to really cry. And so he did. And so he was known in his community for crying very powerfully. It was a great communication. It was clear what his message was, and that was that he was in a great deal of pain. And of course, the men and women and his father spoke kindly to him, and they shared their sweet words with him. But he as yet couldn't understand their meaning. Right? He didn't understand the words, but he did hear their communication. And that little boy came to be beloved by his community, his family. And as he grew up, he forgot about his mother. He moved on. He did learn to talk, and he learned to listen. It turned out that the boy was very talented. He had a lot of skills that his community could make use of. And he loved to show his learning and his skill. So he would do all kinds of amazing things. He would build incredible tools and toys and play wonderful games with the other children. And that little village of people loved the little boy. Now, this story took place a long time ago, before there were big cities and towns. The people living together in this little boy's village were only a few dozen, all of them close family members. And as the boy got older and his talents grew, he became more and more valuable, to his community. And by the time he was a teenager, he was one of the most skilled hunters and craftsmen within the little village. He knew how to take the materials of the earth and shape them into things that his community could use. And he knew how to take the words of his community and shape them into things that his community could use. He was a prized member of the community, as were others. And yet his unique talents stood out. And it made him stand out to himself. And that little boy grew yet older and became a man. And one day when he was out looking for some particular branches of a particular tree that he knew how to wield and shape into some of the tools that the community used, he sat down under an old juniper tree, and he was alone. And he felt fairly peaceful in this moment. And as he sat under that tree, he put his hand to the earth. And the earth was dry, where this young boy, now a man, lived. In his hand, he felt the familiar stones. And he looked down, and he saw the blue-purple berries from the juniper tree on the ground, and the golden needles that had dried out from years past. And it was beautiful. And as he was looking at the stones, which he often did, he noticed that one of them had a pattern. And this boy, his talent was an ability to notice the pattern. He was good at it. He could see a pattern and see how it would be useful to himself and his community. And so he picked up the rock, and he held it to his eye. It was a series of curving lines, curving both up and down, and also left and right, radiating out from a central point near the bottom. And now, you and I know that it was a shell. It was a seashell. But the man didn't know what it was, because he lived in a very dry place, up high in the mountains, far away from the ocean. And this was before people moved around on the earth so that they knew all the different places. He knew his place. He knew his people, the plants and rocks and materials of where he lived. But he didn't know about all of the earth. And as he held this Pattern to his eyes. It made him wonder. He brought that stone, that stone shell, for it was a fossil, back to his community and he showed it to the people. Children loved to look at it. And the men and women ogled it, saying how beautiful it was, how curious it was, how strange it was. How could a rock form such an intricate pattern? And finally, the man brought it to one of the grandmothers in the village and she looked at it. She said, Listen, you little boy. Many, many years ago, this land that we live on, this dry and bony, fragmented land, was once a great sea of water. The earth you stand on right now once had hundreds of feet of salty ocean water above it a great many years ago. And in that salt water, a great many creatures, very different from you, lived and breathed. They breathed the water. And they lived here, right here where you stand, many thousands of years ago. Very slowly the earth changed. And as it did, the waters of that great sea slowly receded. Now, at that time, in that ocean, there were great, Monstrous creatures, so large that if they were here with us right now, they would be crushed under their own weight. One of them was bigger than our entire village, and they moved through the waters and they sang to each other. They sang a song in memory of themselves and of us. They remembered that we would be here. And the man looked astonished, for he had never even seen the ocean. The largest body of water he had ever seen was a river. And even that river was something that he could manage to step and swim across in a matter of seconds. An amount of water so big that giant creatures swam through it It was hard for him to understand. He couldn't understand. But he listened to that grandmother, and he held that shell in his hand, and she said, This is a small memory of that song, of those creatures. And you hold it now in your hand. Though the ocean is not here, though you see no behemoths swimming above you in the sky, they are here with us. You will learn to see them when you can call them with your song. And the man laughed a little bit. While he had a great many talents, he did not have a talent of singing. He knew how to make things. He knew how to turn words into strings of meaning. And in fact, though when he lost his mother, he had no words for it. He had grown into a great craftsman of words and meaning. And so he asked the grandmother, well, what is this song of these creatures? What are the words? And she said, there are no words. It's merely the song. Well, then what are the sounds, he asked. I can't teach you the sounds, said the grandmother, but it sounds like wailing, moaning. For many people, it's an ugly sound. It's terrifying, and yet it's beautiful. And the man thanked the grandmother for sharing her wisdom, and he stood up and he held the shell in his hand, and he left. And as he was walking through the paths of his village, and the children were running around, he himself had children and a beautiful wife, all of whom were very skilled, like he was. And so he smiled when he saw the children running through the street. He saw all of the children in his village as his children. He saw all the men and women in his village as his brothers and sisters. And he saw all the elders in the village as his elders. And he clutched that little fossil shell, holding on to a piece of imagination, a story that this grandmother had told. And he smiled. A few days later, he was out looking for food to eat and bring back to the village, and his hunt led him high up into the mountains. He was on the path of some hoofed deer, thinking that if he could catch one, he would have much food to bring back to his people. He walked softly, he walked carefully, through the forest, watching, observing, praying for those deer. His journey took him to the top of the mountain, for the deer had climbed all that way to find different herbs and grasses that grow only in the summer months at the top of the mountains. Silently, slowly stalking them, he took aim. And he fired. He fired his weapon. He fired his whole being at that deer. And he was a very skilled hunter, yet he missed, he missed his mark, and the deer, being excited, ran off and escaped the man. And the man sat there for some time, frustrated, a little bit angry, disappointed. And now evening was slowly coming on, and the sun was setting in the west. And from the height of that mountain, he looked out over the valley below. He knew the land very well. He could see his little village just a spot in the distance. He could see the forest and the forest edge. He could see the river flowing like a thread through the valley. He could see the great rocks and trees that were landmarks for he and his people. And as he was sitting there, consoling himself for not having caught a meal, he felt in his pocket, he pulled out that polished, old, fossilized shell, and he held it. And he was grateful to have words for what it was, words that he had been given by this grandmother. It was a creature of the sea, a giant, towering mass of water that once covered the entire valley, even up to and above the mountains. And there were creatures. that lived in it, that breathed in that salty water. And they sang to each other, in memory of me. And he held that little shell. The sun began to dip below the horizon, and he looked out through this mass of air And space resting above the earth, the land. And he knew it was there because he could breathe it. The birds flew through it. He could see two ravens in the distance soaring, playing on the wind, and nearby. Little songbirds flit up and down and through this air that occupied this space below the mountain, above the mountain, above the earth. And in his mind, he pictured the ocean of water. He pictured the river swelling with rain, until it covered the entire valley. And he pictured the trees, wrinkled, sharp, and jagged, slowly bending and moving soft with the movement of the water. And then as the sun disappeared below the horizon, He could see the creatures. He knew they weren't there, and he knew they were there. He had asked the grandmother when he sat with her. He had good language. He asked her, Do you mean this literally, or is this a story that you're sharing with me? Now, the grandmother had been wise. She didn't give him an answer. She asked the man, the boy, to find that for himself. And so, as he sat at the top of the mountain and looked out over that great and ancient sea, and he held that fossilized shell in his hand, he saw the ocean. He saw the creatures within it. He no longer cared whether he saw it for real or whether he saw it through his story. He saw it. He merely saw it. And the light began to dim, and the earth and the air And the sea began to grow dark. Not yet night, but dark. And the man sat there and held that fossilized shell. And suddenly he thought of his mother. He didn't know why. He had mostly not thought about his mother for most of his life, because he had no words for her. He had no words for the loss that he felt. He had become a man, a skilled craftsman, a skilled speaker. He had no words for his mother. She had left him before he had words, and he began to wonder. The first stars began to show in the night sky. He began to wonder why he was thinking of his mother. As he allowed that memory to flood over him, he felt a great, Sadness. For he had loved his mother. Even if he had not become old enough to speak that in words to her, he had lived it as a baby. He had shared her joys and his joys. And they had loved each other. And as that wave of sadness, Came over him, he began to cry. Tears fell from his eyes, and a sound came from his voice. That sound had no words. It was merely this moaning, wailing, tearful sound. And he heard that sound. Being made by his own voice. And now the sky was dark. Many stars were up in the sky. He could see just some of the shapes of the trees and stones and landforms in the valley. And just below him, out of the ocean, crested an enormous and beautiful whale. And a spew of water arose from its blowhole, from its connection to the air. And spirit that he himself was breathing in that moment. And as he watched that whale surface above that ancient ocean, he felt a deep pang of love and respect and sadness and remorse and happiness. And slowly, in the way that only huge creatures do, the whale drifted back down below the surface of the water. Thanks for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, now in 19 languages. Our goal is to help parents, teachers, and grandparents connect heart-to-heart with kids. You can find this podcast as well as upcoming webinars, events, our blog, stories, and more at howtotellstoriestochildren.com and on our Facebook page you will also find the entirety of season one, which gives more background and perspective on a variety of storytelling topics. You can also submit questions and ideas. We like to hear from you. If you value this podcast, we invite you to consider making a contribution to keep it alive. The proliferation of free podcasts, articles, and resources on the web makes it easy to forget that real people are behind the work. It means a lot to us when you take the time to rate, and review our book, this podcast, or share it with a friend. And if you're able, your financial gifts at patreon.com/slash how to tell stories to children make it possible for us to continue calling out the storytelling voice in other parents, teachers, and grandparents. Together, we can spread the intimacy and joy of storytelling one family at a time.